Is this is this one of your Russian mugs, Nick? And after after our podcast last time, have you decided that your problematic tea set isn't quite so problematic? You're not taking these away from me, all right? This is this is I mean, the this Russian is... caravan tea, and these are my Hunt this... for Red October mugs. I mean, this is this is this, is, this has got a hammer and a sickle on it. It's got CCCP. I know. This is proper communist. Well, this one's got a big star on it with CCCP on it as well. And it's got the Russian coat of arms, I believe. Well, and see, this is the important thing. So my the other third one in this set has only got the Russian coat of arms on it. There's that, nothing that, else. That's fine, is it? There's nothing. Russia. What's wrong with Russia? This isn't the Soviet Union. This, is the, this was before the communists didn't like the Russian coat of arms. No, because it's it's all about monarchy, isn't it? Exactly, and, exactly. So these mugs are about Russian history, which includes before and after. So I could, I could give you a, a t-shirt with Putin's head on it, and, and you'd be you'd be fine with that, would you? Putin's head. Right, this is about my mugs, and this is about history. Putin's happening now. Okay. I'm not, I'm not just a supporter of Russia. I enjoy Russian history. You're not taking my mugs away from me, all right? Enjoy, enjoy your cup of tea. Now, what are we talking about? Right, let's go and have a sit down. That is a lovely cup of tea. Welcome to Sounding Board. Now, this is another week where I've got absolutely no idea what you want to talk about. Okay, so this was, this was another thought process that I've kind of gone through in the last couple of weeks. Um, and you know how kind of when, when you, sometimes one thing happens and it might kind of you know, make you think about something. Well, when multiple things happen along the same lines, it kind of starts your mind kind of ticking over. Spotting a pattern. Exactly. So I was watching and I've, I've, I've got some... I've got some favourite podcasts that I, I, I often listen to you yep. know, multiple times. You know, there's, there's a great one. Oh, with, it's editions of podcasts. Yeah, editions of podcasts. So there's, yep. there's a great one with Dave Rubin and Larry Elder, which is just on YouTube. It's great TV. Yep. There's one with um, uh, Jordan Peterson is being interviewed by Ben Shapiro. Um, right. Another great one. I've not, I've not actually watched that one. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, and there's, there are a couple with Joe Rogan and Michael Malice. And I, I, I love Michael Malice. He's, he's exceptional. You, you've, you've, you've said to me about him, but I've not actually uh, engaged in anything. He's yeah. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. Okay. So those interviews on YouTube uh, or podcasts, they're a great Joe Rogan point. and Michael Malice. Joe Rogan and Michael Malice. Okay. And on I think I believe the latest podcast with those two, which I think was earlier this year, um, either very late last, either December last year or, yeah. or January of twenty nineteen. They're talking about uh, polarization, and I know we talked a bit about that a couple of weeks ago yeah. um, about things being being kind of polarized. And he was saying that he loves it because, you know, it, the, the more people realize that they kind of can't live with the other side, the more that they're going to realize that the whole way of governing is is a, is a bad idea. You know, having having one person dictate to the entire population, this is the way we do things for four or five years and it going the other way. Just because enough of you managed to tip over exactly one better the fifty percent mark. Right. So he he was talking about that. And then I I think it was the, the day after or maybe two days later, you were talking to me about how you're now very relaxed with how things are going in the country in, <laughs> in, in, in Great Britain. <laughs> Because people are finally realising how bad the politicians are, how bad the constitution yeah, yeah, yeah. is, how it can't handle the situation, and I'm 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 thinking the same thing. It's you know it's 
it's, isn't it great that people are finally you know for people who don't like the way that you know that the, the we govern who think the government is way too big who just want more liberalism who want more freedom people realizing how bad these chimps are that are governing us can only be a good thing and that's exactly what's happening right now so that's what i wanted to talk about with you yeah now i i think let's just put a brief bit of context there this this isn't a specific brexit podcast because we've done a few of those but the current situation or rather the situation when when i think i messaged you and we had that chat uh was at the point where what we'd had these indicative votes, the first round I think we might of have indicative had the votes, first round of indicative votes. Now we've votes. had the second vote, the second ones, and etc. 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 Well, we had you know the, the draw agreement's been re- re- um, rejected three times by the Commons, and etc. 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 And we won't go into any more detail than that. That's the situation we're in currently. And we've also, we've, this... we've also got the, the the situation where kind of supposedly Parliament is taking control, so the government yes. isn't setting what's going on. The yes. Speaker is just letting in whatever he feels like it at the time. Now, I wrote a blog post about this as well, which is on the Sounding Board website, which is about how uh, I believe that that the government is committing a a more of a cardinal sin on letting the House of Commons and the Speaker take control of business than the spoiling of Brexit. I was trying to make that point. Yeah, I think you branded it as a constitutional crisis. Well, and everyone has, but to me it was a different constitutional crisis. And... There was this point that I reached, and I think it's because Parliament, in quotes, has taken back control. Rather than it just being a government foul-up, it's now spread nicely. And, and we already had, we already had, you know, um, leaders of both main parties are, are, are idiots, etc., etc., etc. You, you haven't got, a, haven't got a, a functioning party system really anymore. But suddenly, it's not just... It's not just government and it's not just this you know, opposition party that shouldn't really come to power for, for a variety of reasons. It's infected it, all of them. Absolutely all of them. No one is being seen in a good light at the moment. And there was just this moment where even though the, the extension to either April the 12th or April, uh, May the 22nd, yeah. Um, and again, without going into the technical detail of that, even though this extension had happened and we'd got past the old Brexit day as it was, the one that 108 times Theresa May said we are leaving on the 29th of March, we got past that day or it was coming close and we knew it wasn't going to happen, suddenly this weight lifted from my shoulders and it was, I was concerned up until that point, entirely subjective on my part, I was concerned up until that point that the country were just thinking, this is the party that's in power being bad at it, or that the country, somehow we all should share the burden that that the UK is just not good enough at negotiating this deal, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not what I believe, it's what I thought the country believed. Reached this tipping point where I thought, you know what, I'm pretty sure now, and this is not that I'm some, you know, taking the pulse of the nation thing, but in my head, it feels like more people now just think, that politics in general is just completely broken and the House of Commons and the House of Parliament, it just, none of it, none of it works at all. And that, that's a, as you say, that's a good thing for changing the system. Because it's something that you and I have, I mean, you and I have kind of been on our, our journeys where, you know, I kind of became completely disenfranchised with 
you know, with the whole system a, a number of years ago. You're kind of getting towards that now. I was further ahead than you. You were at the time. You took a proper I dive. dropped off a cliff. Yeah. So you, you were probably more small government than me. I was more small government and a bit more um, objectivist, I suppose. I was, I, was, mm. I was concerned with you had to have the right people in power. Uh, so I was already, I'd, I'd started the journey. But then, yeah, you took an absolute nosedive off in terms of no government. Um, but, but, but now, I think, like you say, people are, because, the, because the, the, there's no good constitution. So America has a far better constitution than, than we do. Yeah, well, it has um, a written one for starters. Exactly. Um, but it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a good document. I can't fault the writing. I can't fault the, you know, the thought that, that went into it. But it's still not good enough. There should be more things that are separated from the state than there are. Uh, Euron Brooks speaks speaks great on on this subject about it's great having a separation of church and state. Well, there used to be, I'm sure there used to be more separation. There used to be separate the economy from the state and the church and the state and education from the state. Well, I don't know whether the economy ever was, but it certainly should be. That's hmm. that's the argument he makes. I think it's a fantastic one. Imagine imagine if the government, our government, any government of any stripe, couldn't do anything economic related. I mean, Basically, what left would there be for them to do? Um, and that, and, but that would be fascinating. So I read an article, I think I shared it with you, it's by Matthew Lynn in The Telegraph that came out in the last couple of days, uh, which, would you like some more tea? Yes, thank you. Uh, which, I can't remember the specific title, but it was about how we currently have a dysfunctional government, but yet... Look at all the economic indicators. We're doing absolutely fine. Unemployment is still going down and we're still growing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in that article, he, he then uh, spoke about uh, that we, we love talking about Belgium, the 589 days where they didn't have a government. He talked about Italy. He talked about um, Germany more recently when Angela Merkel was polling, you know, that the, her her, her party didn't do as well in the um, uh, in the election. I mean, her, so her, had to so negotiate her, a because because, because of the, the way that the kind of German German system is. Um, well, this happens across you know, Europe. Their systems yeah, yeah, are yeah. different. But but her so her party never does that well. It's always been a coalition. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, but it became a more difficult coalition to oh, yes. negotiate yes, yes. because she lost the numbers. She wasn't as powerful, even though it was still a small number of uh, uh, votes and seats. But it's not, it's not like a two-party system like no, it is over here. No, and this is why the UK is always seen as this stable, uh, some, a, a system that produces stable government, even though we've had a coalition government and now a minority government with a confidence and supply agreement um, all in the last 10 years. But the point he was making, we'll do just fine without a government, was what he was saying. I was like, someone's actually saying this, espousing this view. But also... All of the economic indicators of Belgium and Germany and Italy and all the others that he'd looked at of the periods of time when they were in constitutional crisis, when they were negotiating, when they were trying to form a government but not run a government, they all, they all did better. They all did better economically during the periods of time while they weren't mucking around. See, this is, this is another reason why I'm quite relaxed about the current situation. If it goes on and on and on, yes, it's, it's, it's boring when you turn on the Today programme on Radio 4 and it's all they talk about. Yeah. But if they're just fanning around, 
they're not doing anything else and they're yes. not screwing anything else up. Yep. They're not producing stupid laws. They're not interfering with our lives. Keep going. A keep, keep going as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, it's, it's I sec you know, it's second to them not being there. Oh, they're not interfering at all would be perfect. But if they're, if they're distracted somewhat with this, that's fine as far it, as I'm I mean, concerned. it's at least worse situation. It, of course, of course. As far as I'm concerned, because there's still an awful lot of money being spent uh, inefficiently. But you're right. And, and I mean, but it's better than getting bigger. But yes, but there's there's actually an argument that I mean, we we don't think that there should be these government departments spending our money, etc., etc. But that if you stop changing government, then actually the civil servants might have a chance of actually finishing something, of actually getting to a steady state. And I'm, yeah, let's take out the fact that. Uh, there's no real incentive to succeed and competition. And yada, yada, That's yada. a huge caveat because there's. It, it is, but if they're not, if the NHS isn't doing another reorganisation, then there might be more opportunity for more operations to happen. I mean, it's a it's a lofty aim, <laughs> but the fact that there's been, however many umpteen Sorry, different. I don't know that. Yeah, thank you. That, that because there's been this many different NHS reorganisations. That's an awful lot of money tied up in the process of changing. And you can argue about what the right outcome should be, but if, if no one's busy changing, then they might be busy doing. Now, I don't want them to do a lot, but at least if they're only focused on doing what they you know, one thing, you might end up with better government. You know, so so what's what's the ideal situation then? Is it that we is it you know, distract them as long dis as possible? Distract them forever. <laughs> well, okay, so what I would say is that even though I want Brexit to happen and happen as cleanly as possible from a constitutional perspective, from a sovereignty and set our own laws and yada 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 perspective, that actually if it got delayed for longer and they spent all their time just voting down things in the House of Commons, continually not agreeing on anything... Maybe doing it at a slower pace. If they got like a year's extension, say, or a two-year extension yep. on Article 50? Yep. Do you, do you really think it would end up with any different outcome? But the point, the point is that if, if they're still distracted for a longer period of time, then that just will increase the disillusionment with the system in the general public. But do you not think that would happen? If, thing. if, for example, they revoked Article 50? Yeah, I or, think that would be a huge blow to democracy. Or they, you know, let's say they go for Common Market 2 or the Norway Plus option, which is not like Norway because it has I mean, customs. EU union. membership 2.0. Exactly, yeah, EU minus. Um, yeah. If, if, if they weren't for that, so they, if they weren't for, you know, single market membership and some kind of a customs union so it can't be proper so can't trade deals trade. and yeah. we've got huge tariffs on, you know, on external goods, all that yeah. kind of thing, i.e. not Brexit. If, if yeah. they did that... I, th I think people would get disenfranchised very, very quickly as well. Even 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 Remainers would see um, that that's yes. not that's not Brexit. So that would be a good thing too. I think any 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 anything that happens where people think, you know, what the way we do things is is antiquated and it's rubbish and it's not working and we need to rethink it. So you're advocating soft Brexit for the because of the long run consequences. I'm not, potentially. I'm not not really advocating it, but I think if if that happened, I would be. I'm saying you're I'm, playing the long I'm game. Kind of, yeah, kind of yeah. quite quite relaxed about that now and, and it might be better in the long run because because it's so only I, because we would end up doing in quotes a hard brexit at some point we would then leave yeah, the single market or, and leave the customer or, or the or the eu would just fail anyway and, uh, well at least i mean 
It's not doing well. It's, it's not, not, it hasn't it's been doing, well, doing well, well, well. It's never been, you know. I think people underestimate what, I don't want to turn this into a B word podcast, but people underestimate the, the problems that the, that the EU and the Eurozone are facing and that they really don't want us to participate in the EU elections. And what they actually want to get on with is mucking around and expanding the EU more and the EU Commission's powers. And they can't do that while we're still members. So there's an there's a interesting dichotomy, I think, in the EU leadership where a part of them really does want us to leave quickly because then they can get on with this fiscal union and all of the other and stuff. And the EU army and all this other stuff. And all this other stuff that we obviously would, would veto in some way. So there's, a, there's, an interesting, there's an interesting thing there going on. But, I mean, we'll, yeah, let's, go, let's bring it back to what you're saying about so, government so I, I guess I guess my end goal is is that I want I want people to realise what an awful system that we have. And um, this is what Brexit has done. And I, I use the term Brexit here in being the entire process, which the, the term has lost all meaning. It, it's not about leaving because people say people say since Brexit. Well, Brexit hasn't happened yet. But using it in the in the in the common tongue, which is this entire period of time, um, it has absolutely made certain things the everyday topic of conversation i mean obviously more so for people like us who might be interested in it but no but no think, one ever think talked th- about trade no. no one ever talked about tariffs, tariffs. non-tariff barriers i mean you like to talk now about your redefinition of free trade well yeah so i think what people what people call free trade they mean non-tariff trade they, yes. don't, they don't mean free trade if you if you are burdened with ridiculous amounts of, of legislation and regulation, as we are, as anybody is in the single market, that is not free trade. You're not free yeah. to do what you want to do. It's, it's not a free market. No, it's, it's not a free market. Free trade is a free market. Yes. Um, this is non-tariff trade. There's yeah. a, a, a huge difference. You know, you, you don't have a you don't have a tariff in between. So, so, so you're in, you're in another EU country, and I want to sell you something, or I want yep. to buy something from you. We may not have a tariff barrier, but there are barriers. I'm told what I can sell you. Yeah, and and what it must look like, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah, et so that that's that's not free trade. Uh, yeah, but pe- people people are talking about these things now. But also, this the idea of a trading block, I find, a, to be a curious thing in general. And again, it's good that we're talking about it because the idea that you can put this tariff wall around the outside of the block, but the people inside the block are are allowed to do free trade, but it's very much at the detriment to anyone outside of the block. But well, so that's another one of those contradictions, isn't it? In, yeah. the, in the oh, you know, the tariffs between European countries are, are terrible. But so ta- we won't have them. But but tariffs between EU countries and the rest of the world, they're fantastic. Yeah, and I don't know what the end goal is for that. If a tariff wall is good, then are you just wanting to get as many people inside that wall as possible? And you know, let's let's, for argument's sake say that the EU is so successful or the single market in the country is so successful that America wants to join and Canada wants to join and the countries of Africa want to join. Is, is that seen as a good end game apart from the tiny number of countries that would be outside it and they'd all be going, ha, 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 ha you've got to pay tariffs on everything. I don't, I just, it's an odd. I'm not sure, but just bringing it back to, to, to the original point, um, people, or certainly the majority of voters on the 23rd of June 2016, knew that the EU were a bunch of you know morons and that they weren't you know they weren't running the country properly or the, yeah. the, the, the EU properly at all yeah. you know they only have to look at you know Greece 
at Italy, at, you know, at Ireland, uh, you know, Spain, you know, so these countries that aren't doing very, very well. Yeah. Um, and thinking we, you know, we don't want to be a part of that, and we're getting we're getting pushed around by this supranational, you know, institution. Now that kind of feeling is kind of you know people thought we want to take back control, we want our government to you know to produce yeah. our laws and and everything will be fine. Now they're realising that this lot uh, just are, are really bad at it. They're also just as bad. Yeah, possibly worse. Well, okay, so there's a couple of things there. Uh, is 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 one aspect of that just the thought that actually most of them are EU stooges in the first place? That's got to be a big part of it. Not that they're dysfunctional, just that they don't believe in the repatriation of these powers anyway. Yeah? And again, this, you're almost falling a little bit into the remain the trap there of, well, this is the best we were ever going to get, wasn't it? <laughs> Whereas there's not a lever in control, there's not a leave cabinet, etc., etc., etc. And so we, we don't know what a proper real negotiation would have looked like i'm not professing to know that it would have all been rosy and fine and etc but it certainly could have been better than this if we'd have gone right we're out in two years and so if you want a deal i'm we're just going to start preparing right now for no deal come to us that's that's the thing about our constitution and about the way that we do things is that it's now been shown to only work when you've got you know for want of a better term the right people in charge, yeah, agreed. It, it only, agreed. Ever, you know, it's, it's people think, oh yeah, we've got no, the best right. system in the world, and it will work. It's, it's it's designed to deal with these situations. No, it isn't. No, you're right. Actually, it, it cannot it cope make with point for it, us. It, it cannot it cannot cope with Parliament that just wants to have its own way. Yes, um, and, and, and and can't make a decision uh, for no, love or money. It, it can't be about as long as you've got a lever in control. Yes, which is exactly the same. That's exactly the same problem as as long as my side wins. As long as I've got a Labour Prime Minister, then I'm happy that workers' rights will be protected, or or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that. You're absolutely right. That has that has revealed again that problem with the current system or and, any system. And yeah, exactly. And so our system, the American system, probably the two, possibly the best. I would you know I would say that yes. there have ever been. Yeah. Um, still rubbish. Yes. You know they, they can't they can't cope even um, as governments go. Yeah. You know, governments always, always get bigger. They always grow. They always find a way to, yeah, to, to, to screw things up. Well, I mean, America's a great example of this. They, you know, the, the Democrats love it when the state gets more power, gets more power, gets more power. Until their guy yes. is in charge. And then as soon as they lose, they are tearing their hair out. Because someone that, again, in this pol- new polarised state that they're in, the way politics has gone now... Suddenly, they've just handed the keys to their mortal enemy, and they go, "Oh my God, this guy is in charge of the country," and they're finally realizing that government control might not be a good thing. Well, I don't think they are. I, th- I think I think so, I think some of them are. I, I think, think the so. public might be, and this yes, is what yeah, we're yeah, going yeah, back yes. to. I don't think Demo- I don't think Democrats in general are, are they? They're still campaigning to put our guy. No, in no, charge. I mean, I mean, the general public in America are really yes. realizing that. Oh, hold up a second, you know, maybe, maybe these this great, great expanse of so this power is an isn't argument a good thing. for extremes, isn't it? To somehow reveal the problems, well, often, often to exacerbate them to the point where people understand exactly. Which is why in thought experiments you take things to the extreme, um, but we don't need to at the moment because we've got it right in front of us. Yeah, you know, pe- pe- most people don't conduct thought experiments. And if you, if you do take things to the extreme and say, well, hold, hang on, 
that's, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, whereas when it does actually happen, it's 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 great. Your, your points are proven for you. the glass so which which one's this nick this is ockentoshin very nice thank you okay so we've been talking a lot cheers, cheers by the way cheers your health um so we've been talking a lot about how the british government and british parliament in general have looked bad uh, well it's past. both and it's important to note it's yes our government definitely is both. kind of chosen from the parliament but it's they are kind of separate institutions as well one's the legislature one's the executive yeah we have we have a, a unique system in, in, in that yeah. respect but they've both looked bad yeah, uh, and we also talked about how them not doing things is good because they're not passing stupid laws, they're not screwing things up, they're not expanding they're regulation. They're distracted. The EU, on the other hand, have still been—they've been a bit distracted, and they would rather get on with the expansion of the ever closer union uh, and the, yeah, the EU army, union. whatever. They would—they would much rather not have us around to do that. But they have still been passing laws. And what are, some of the ones they've passed recently have been awful. So. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I've heard this stuff just you know, in our office. We tend to have the radio on. Uh, we, we listen to all sorts of different channels. And it's actually, uh, you know, anyone can go off and just change the radio station and nobody, nobody really minds. And so uh, it'll be a different radio station every couple of hours sometimes. As long as it's not James O'Brien or someone, presumably. Do you know what? LBC is never something. Well, it, it, it tends to be stations with music. Right. So they can have the news, so you get some headlines, but no, no, no one could cope with listening to him <laughs> during the day. You'd never get anything done. You'd just be shouting too much. Um, but these particular news items have been on mainstream media, on radio channels as headlines, and one of them is this new EU copyright directive. Uh, and the reason it's made the news is the so-called meme ban and the link tax, I think, of the two. Um, and uh, I, I, people are getting wise to the fact that the internet suddenly is being regulated. And what that means is that what you do and what you post is going to be, you know, watched by everyone. And we've had our own snooping law stuff kind of come in the news. But again, they haven't had a chance to pass that recently because of Brexit. Yay. But the EU have been busy passing passing that law. There's another one I heard. Did you hear this one about driving cars? Oh, but but it's every new car by 2022 will have to have some speed limiter on it or something. And, and Specifically, so. that will be able to detect what the current speed limit is and stop you from going any faster than it. I mean, that talk about control. I mean, there are, so there are times when you need to go faster than the speed limit. Yes, I've been I've been overtaking. I, you know, I, we've all had to overtake. You know, the, the the van or the truck who's kind of swaying over a little bit and you know, yes, possibly drunk, and you just want to get past them as quickly as possible. Yeah. It's an open road. You're in no danger at all. Yeah, but you're in danger if you overtake them slightly. So you put your foot yes. down and you overtake them really quickly and pull back and over. You return and back. You return to, back to seventy miles an hour yeah, exactly. and you're fine. Um, no more. Yeah, I, I, I find I find this to be quite sinister, actually, as a and level what, what of control. What if it goes wrong? What if it goes wrong? What if, what if, it, what if, it, totally. what if it thinks that, you know, you're... you're On your 70 mile is... an hour road, it's suddenly 30. Correct. That's really dangerous. You've got a fast road, it's dangerous to be slow on it. And think how bad sat-navs are. 
And think, think how, how you know, I mean, I, I try to get yeah. my sat nav reasonably up to date. But even if you're using, you know, Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever, they're, they're, not, they're not often kept as up to date as the roads are, you know. So in where we live in Cambridgeshire, um, there are quite a few, you know, the A4, the A14 is being, you know, it's been redone at the moment. Covered, and, covered in cameras. And we've had, you know, the, A, the A1 up north of, you know, in the last few years have got rid of lots of roundabouts yes. and stuff. It took a while before they were up to date. Yeah, um, and you've got the A421, which went from you know single carriageway to dual, dual carriageway. Yeah, and my sat nav was out for months while they were doing that. I was yes. going down the new dual carriageway, and it was kept telling me to go back onto the old road. Oh, it thinks you're in a field. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's going to happen then? Yeah. Are you in a farmer's field? What happens? Yeah. Um, no, it's nonsense. But I think that you don't even need to describe the technological challenges that there would that there would be. It's, I mean, even if it worked, even if it was guaranteed to work 100 percent of the time, it's a Categorically a bad terrible, idea. It's terrible, a terrible, idea. terrible idea. It's it's that's the most nannying of nanny state things you could you could do, isn't it? I mean, I don't. So I, I don't know too much about it. Um, I'm not sure if you do. I know it's all new cars. What about old cars? No, I don't. I don't think they're going to retrofit. I think the point is so. So drawing people, a line people are going to stop buying new cars. Oh yeah. Imagine imagine oh, yeah. the imagine the price of a of a 2021 BMW three. Yeah. Compared to the you know yeah. the twenty twenty two M three, it's going to be like so you know you know the uh, the new MacBooks that have been around for a couple of years. Yeah, so they've got really dodgy keyboards. Uh, they've got no uh, SD card slots, no USB ports. Um, you know, lots of the features that people you know people, people want on a laptop, Partic- yeah, particularly on the on your MacBook Pros, which are for computer programmers and you know yeah. power users, and are not there. So you get the old batch of MacBook Pros, which are not as powerful, don't have as good as screens, but they're, they're getting sold for more on eBay because really? they have all these ports and they're really expensive. Good example of supply and, and demand there. Exactly, and it's, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to yeah. get cars from 2021 are going to peak, and then from 2022 onwards, particularly fast cars, you're not going to want a sports car that's limited like that. Yeah, what's the point? Um, you know, uh, but, what's, but what's next? This is thin end of the wedge stuff. What's next? That you're not allowed to accelerate uh, beyond a certain rate? Um, that you're not allowed to be a certain distance to the car in front. Let's fit everything with radar. You know, what What's next is what I always think of when they're passing these laws and their regulations. Because on the face of it, they can say, well, of course, you know, speed kills, etc., etc., etc. I mean, the, the AA in this country have always, already came out and completely trashed this as an idea. And that's a big organisation, the you know, motoring organisation. Um, you know, we're talking about that side of it. We're not talking about the kind of, kind of the commercial arm. Um, but it's, it was passed in the European Parliament. That's the kind of thing they want. Now, my kind of, my kind of Romani friends, yeah, uh, that have remained friends, they, I've, I've, yeah, you hear this on the radio and you go, there you go, that's your EU for you. And, and, they, all, and they start shuffling and they kind of cringe and they go, oh, yeah, I know. And you go, that's why I didn't want this. You know, I, I, and you can then talk about whether or not we would locally in our country pass a law like that, and fine. But right now, under the radar, they're passing a law like that. Let alone the fact that they don't want you to post memes anymore, uh, and that you're going to be you know, news sites are going to get taxed. Um, let alone a blog site might have to be taxed because it linked to someone else's content. I mean, just fundamentally breaks the rules of the internet and what the internet was for. Did you hear? So what we're talking about here is government being seen in a bad light. Do you need some more whiskey? That would be lovely, thank you. Um, 
what what we're talking about is government being seen in a bad light, and that being that being a good thing. Thank you. Because people get wise to government being bad in general and the system being bad. We've moved on from the UK to the EU. So the EU Copyright Directive, or you know whichever one it was that that had had this latest stuff in. Do you know how that passed? So how narrowly. So that it was passed? it was a handful of votes, wasn't it? It, it was something like five or something. Yeah, yeah, so it only passed. And I heard something about they reshuffled the options or they put them in a different order. Electronic or... voting in the EU Parliament, okay? So right. they've, got, they've got like buttons to press. And if ever there was an argument against something that's actually technologically superior, okay, it's the human failings and the psychology behind it. If you've got to walk down the left-hand corridor or the right-hand corridor. The, you know, we have lobbies that you have to walk down to cast your vote. They are in basically different directions, okay? That's how votes are cast in, in the UK. In the EU, you press some buttons. They changed the order of the votes on, and again, we, have a, we literally have an order paper over here, that, that they changed the orders of the votes, so loads of MEPs thought they were voting for a different law because they changed it at the last minute. So they, they told them the order that they were going Say to Say in the morning, they told me all they were going to be. And then they changed it's it. like, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And you might in your head going, right, I need to vote. No, no, yes, no, yes. And they changed the order at the last minute. Not everyone knew about it. So the people going, right, no, no, yes, no. Voted for the wrong thing. Now, is that the government you want? Are they the, that, is that the system you want for passing this? And what they said now, even though it only passed, so it, it passed very narrowly, MEPs are come out saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Then they're, they're not going to rerun the vote. Now, the EU love to rerun votes, only, but not this only, one. Only, only if, they, if they don't get their own way. Only if they don't like the outcome. Because yeah, they, they like the outcome of this one. That's it. It is now law. You know, there have been lots and lots of votes where people... But shouldn't have... we have a confirmatory vote for this one? That's the latest term, isn't it? Uh, yeah, or a, a confirmation ballot, or there's lots of yeah. lots of names. Um, but it's yeah. So there have been lots of times when people have voted whether to leave or stay in the EU. The only time they've ever rerun them is when they haven't got it. You know, when, when they voted to leave, and and that's that's happening. So that that is happening in in, in Britain, not yep. with not with the public, but the politicians are voting again and again and again and again. Yes, until they vote the right way. Well, and right what, what happened? Hap you know, what happened to leaving without a deal? And no deal was better than a than a bad deal. It's out the window. No, absolutely. And uh, now that there has been this awful precedent set, that means you can continue voting for something, albeit under the again, what what's been exposed here about the problem with the the speaker's um, the speaker's role is that the speaker should be the guardian of our you know constitution, or at the very least of. Erskine May, which is the kind of rule book for the Commons, that it's whatever he thinks on that particular day. So he did let repeat votes of certain things, then decided when he wouldn't do it. So which is it? I mean, in many ways, that's a good thing because the next speaker, you can turn around and go, well, he wasn't inconsistent, so I'm now going to be as consistent. No matter what the rule is, I'm just going to be consistent. And to me, consistency is the most important thing. You need a predictability of that system to know how you're gonna how you're gonna run it, um, but 
the office of speaker, for want of a better, I don't know that's how it's called in, in this country, that, that sounds more like a, a US type thing. But the role of the speaker, as well as just the commons in general, the government in general, has absolutely come into question again in this country, hasn't it? It's another, another example of where, well, it just doesn't work. Well, so the only way because you, of the person. The only way you can predict what's going to happen is you ask yourself the question, is this going to put us closer to being in the EU or not? And if it is, it'll get through. Yes. That, that's the I mean, he thing. has allowed some votes on No Deal and stuff like that. But certainly the, the most recent round. And he hasn't, I don't think he's allowed repeats of them, though. Right, yeah. Which is the thing, he, he, would, he would struggle not to allow something that was coming for the first time. Yes. But repeated things are what he likes and he's a Remainer. And so there have been repeated votes for a second referendum, repeated votes. It's been, there has been more than one for revoking now, hasn't there, I think? And yeah, I think, and, and there's been more than one for things involving a customs union, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, the, the... So again, coming back to the people I know who are, are Remain, or at least they voted Remain, they're on the left of politics. They look at this and they cringe. These aren't these aren't party political people as, as such, but they you know they have a political persuasion, um, and and they can't stand what what is happening currently. And I like to gloat in a you know anti-government way, but the point being is your, your standard anti-government protest is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is this: the the idea of freedom versus the constraints of government and the need for smaller government. It's not just the overthrow of this particular government. Yeah, putting tend your to be what anti-government protests are are about exactly because what you want to do is replace them with with another person. What we want to do is replace them with no one. Replace them with the market. Which Let is, everybody live their own life and yeah. make their own decisions. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, I mean, that's quite a positive note to end on. So is that, is that a good note to end on? Well, it's what we advocate. And anything that shows up, either the EU or the government of any stripe, to be massively ineffective, no matter who's in control, is a great thing in my book. Yeah, so again, just to, just to, just to say, it's not necessarily the government or the, the, the people there. It's the, the constitution, the way of doing things. Anything that shows well, that to be in a bad light. By proving that it doesn't matter which side's in power, that it's always going to be bad, that, that helps. So thank you for listening. You can go to soundingboard.com and listen to all these previous episodes and view our blog. If you want to give us a rating on iTunes, that would be very nice because that helps other people to listen to the, to the podcast as well. So See you again next time. <laughs>